The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Welcome. So last week at the end of our show, I asked you to, to leave this simmering in your pot. Um, what tugs, pulls, and synchronicities are you noticing? And so, of course, I began to notice what tugs and pulls and synchronicities I was noticing over the week. And one of the things I noticed was that it's it's kind of cool to look at things in this way rather than looking at what happens or what are the circumstances or what are the events I began to look across my life and and began to pull out some of those threads that we were talking about last week and one of the threads that I noticed was that um, across my in my own business and also in many other small business owners that I am in community with we've all had a pretty slow start to the year in 2014 and that's um, a thread that I was noticing and it's leading us all to ask questions about am I doing something wrong is there something wrong with me Uh, is there too much um, supply not enough demand what is actually going on so I thought it was just perfect that the topic this week is sales And we framed it as sales as service, a fresh take on something we all do. See, here's what I'm noticing. I have collapsed selling or not selling with my purpose and it hasn't been serving me to do so. Let me explain. I feel like my vision and my purpose and the thing that I'm most passionate about Um, is to do good, is to be of service, is to help leaders become more effective, to help uh, people be more uh, successful, to lead more fulfilled and joyous lives, to have the business performance that that they desire to have, to create whatever results they're here for. And for some reason in my mind, I had created a connection between doing purposeful work with not selling. That if I was selling, um, trying to sell someone what I'm doing, then somehow that negated the goodness of the work I was doing. I was reflecting this morning on a time when uh, two two organizations asked me to come and just give a talk, you know, a, a morning talk for an hour or so to some to some people, uh, small business owners at a bank, and then uh, at the school I did something with the parents at a parent council meeting. And in both situations, I had the opportunity to actually offer my services to people who were there. And in fact, 
um, some people came up to me afterwards and were actually wanting to engage me for my services. But because I had this story that if I was now selling, that somehow it negated the goodness of what I was up to, I didn't jump on those opportunities. So I'm learning a lot about sales. Uh, I can see now that 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 wasn't really working. That was um, actually not serving me and not serving them. And I've been learning a lot more about sales and selling in the in the recent past. One of the people who has been helping me so much with this is our guest today. His name is Carl Benscotter. He's the senior vice president of the Full Circle Group. And before I let him say anything, let me tell you why I've asked him to come and join me today. Carl is one of the sweetest human beings I have ever met. He is a delight to work with. He is um, a joy to talk with. And he and I have the most extraordinary conversations every time we speak. He is personable. He is loving. He is clear. And he thinks strategically as well. And Carl is passionate about sales and selling. And so he's been acting as a mentor to me in my journey uh, into more sales. So welcome, Carl. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Shamine. Uh, first of all, it's great to be here, and I'm honored by the invitation. And I hope I can carry on the conversation through this smile I have on my face after that introduction. <laughs> I have no doubt that you'll be able to manage somehow. Uh, Carl's known for his practical jokes, and I called him about half an hour ago to, to say hello and just kind of get ready for the day, and he answered whispering as if he'd lost his voice. So you got me smiling, too. Yeah, that was a little mean. Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, thankfully, it wasn't true, so I'm very happy about that. So um, I thought we might start with you telling us a little bit more about why you're so passionate about sales. Like, maybe tell us part of your story and how you got started in in sales and tell us why. um, It it goes way back. I've been in sales for actually over 30 years. Mm. And when I first got into sales, I... um, I didn't think I was getting into sales. I, I really got into to help people, and that's what uh, the job was kind of described. And it was a good thing because I'm not sure I would have taken the job had it been described as just a regular sales position because I, like many people, had that, that um, mindset about what it meant to be in sales, and I, I just never envisioned myself there. As much as I enjoy being with people and talking with people and working with people, I just never saw myself as a as a quote salesperson. Mm-hmm. So when I was, uh, I had a friend that recruited me into a company, and and uh, the idea was really to kind of go out and and help people with their business in a particular line of business, and and uh, and I, I just went out and made friends, and I understood what their I learned very quickly what their business was about. It was in retailing. And what was important to them about their business, and and it was then very easy to just relate it back to the service that I was providing or the products that I was providing. And if I could keep them up on what was happening in my industry, then they their business would become more successful. And and so I, I did that for a few years with with mild success. Actually, I I, I, um, I didn't take to it naturally at all. As much as it was nice to meet people, that part was easy. Um, the part that took a little longer was was really kind of understanding the business and making that connection for them. Mm. And uh, and from there, I, I wound up joining another company that I stayed with for 18 years, and they they put us through some 
some wonderful training, and while it was a product we were providing, it was actually a service. And through that time, what I what I discovered was that the service that that they were looking for from me was was very important to them and their business. And um, so, if I could if I could do a uh, an exemplary job of representing my organization and and the services that we provided, uh, in this case, to the banking industry, then um, then they would be more successful, and, and it, it meant a lot to their business and to their customers. So as I got into it more and, and um, really started to believe in it, I, I understood what was um, what was important to the client, but I, I was also a strong believer in the service that we provided. And that's, that's where the, the difference uh, came to me, I think, is is I recognized that that um, providing that service and articulating that service was important to my client, and um, they needed it. There were other companies that provided it. Um, I thought we provided it better, and and uh, was up to me to help provide it better. So it was it was really around helping my clients, and that's really what's driven me the whole time. You know what's so interesting? Um, when I, whenever I think about sales or whenever I have thought about sales, the image that comes to mind immediately is, and I'm sure this will be familiar for, or similar for many people listening, is a car salesperson. And um, I had the opportunity, or I had the need actually to buy a new car last year. And I, I remember approaching the whole thing with a great deal of trepidation right. because of the stereotype. Um, and it sounds like when you began in the first role, uh, you never would have characterized it or even sought a role if the title was sales because of that sort of a connotation. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. Um, a lot of people still view sales um, in that way. And unfortunately, in, in some cases, it, it's justified because some people are out to sell you something um, that you may not, not need or want. And fortunately, I've never been in that position. I've always believed in what I was selling or helping my, my clients buy from me. And I think that's a, a particularly important part. So for people listening today, really, you have to believe in what you're selling. If, you, if you're going to sell, you have to believe in it. Um, the, the one time in my career where, and it was actually this period of time where I was providing the, the service out to the banking industry, um, the service was, we were going through a, uh, a lot of change. The whole industry was. And our service was really not up to, to speed and where the competition was. And I was struggling selling at that point in time because it was hard to bring a client aboard when they may not be getting as good a service from me as they might have gotten from, from other clients other than that yes. or other providers. Other than that, I, I've always believed in what I've sold. And that's, that's um, I think, a, a key aspect because you're not going to be able to represent it with, with conviction and belief that it's, it's good for your clients. Car salesmen have that stipulation or that that impression on people, and and uh, at the same time there are there are people out there that love cars and car salespeople that that love cars and um, but it's it really is kind of how do you approach it? Um, do you approach it with your own interest of I want to sell you something, or do you want to approach it from the standpoint of um, somebody who's buying? I want to help you make an informed decision, make you make help you make the the best decision for your your um, business case or your personal reason. 
So uh, uh, there are some threads that I'm pulling out of what you've said so far. And before I name them, I want to say that fortunately for me, my experience was with someone who um, was not the stereotypical car salesperson. And I, I had a good experience. And it was really quite heartening to actually have that kind of experience and very empowering for me as a customer to realize that um, there was someone who could actually help me find something that was going to meet my needs. And that's um, what I'm hearing you say is that part of what you had to do was to learn what is important for the client and to believe in the thing that you had to offer that could help help them succeed. Precisely. I, I had this perception and, and I think many people still have this perception out there that, that a, a great salesperson is silver-tongued and very glib and, and slick and, and so forth. And, and, uh, and that's another reason why I never saw myself in sales. I never saw myself um, described in any of those ways. And, um, but in reality, what I've learned over the years, it, it's much less about that and much more about, about focusing on others, asking questions, very importantly, after you ask the question, listen very sincerely, very genuinely to what the client's having to say. And um, I was introduced to a, a concept a number of years ago of S-focus and O-focus, S-focus being focused on yourself, O-focus being focused on others, mm-hmm. and that in a, in, a, um, in a sales process, I mean, 80% of it really is listening asking questions, listening, understanding where the, what, the, what the perspective of, what, of the client, um, what their perspective is, what their needs are, what their environment is like. And when I say what their needs are, this might be, um, this might be their, their business situation, but also very much how it's impacting them personally to, to go through this, this buying process and, and decision-making. And uh, so we're, we're looking at it from a standpoint of, of less around letting me pitch you something and much more around let me learn about what's important to you. And, um, and from there, then, if, if we're sincere and we're genuine in learning that information, we're going to get a great deal of information from people, and we're going to be able to match that up to what we're providing. And it, it helps us make a strong recommendation back to our client uh, if we understand them very well, you, you and I have uh, shared the uh, the phrase: people don't buy because they understand; they buy because they feel understood. And it, it's not just a phrase; they they buy because when when they feel understood by the person that's going to provide the the product or service, they trust the fact that what's being recommend, recommended to them is indeed in their best interest. You know, what I'm loving about this conversation is that we're, we're bringing out all of the, um, the threads and the things that are so important for, um, for this mind shift around sales as the seller. And, I mean, we've been talking about it and framing it in a business context, I, I think part of the frame that we also want to offer here is that we're all selling. I mean, um, a certain percentage of us are wouldn't call our job sales. Maybe 70 or 80% of us or 90% of us wouldn't say that what we're doing is sales. Uh, that's not what we're hired for. We're not a salesperson. Um, but we're all selling all the time. And I was thinking about, you know, even my kids, I have, um, have two boys and Sometimes they don't want to eat what I made for dinner. And uh, I'm not going to make, you know, three different meals. I'm not going to change plans once I've already cooked something. I've got to actually sell them or, or get them to buy into my, my offer here, which is this is the dinner for tonight. So even on the smallest scale, we're, we're actually selling more often than we think. 
we, we all do it, um, whether we like it or not. We're trying to persuade others sometimes to our way of thinking. And, um, and it's, it's usually, even when they may not, um, when they may not see it the same way you're seeing it or have the same reasons to, to get there, people are much more receptive to other viewpoints when they feel like they've been understood. So, um, so when your your boys want to have ice cream for dinner, which is, which is probably not the case, but um, and you'd rather see them eat something nutritionally, um, obviously you, you're gonna you're gonna want to change their mind very quickly. But understanding that when they're young and they're fun and and they just want to do something fun like that, and, and then shifting their mind on on what's the right decision for them is is an important part of it. So even even when it doesn't necessarily fit what they're trying to accomplish or what they want to do, understanding where they're coming from is yeah. is very important. And and to your point, we're all selling, um, whether we're in sales or not. And and uh, uh, we're trying to influence others. We're trying to get um, others uh, our, our point of view across to others. We're trying to sway somebody else's point of view, whether whether it's who you're voting for, what you're supporting, or or what you're having for dinner. It's um, it's something that we're all doing anyway, so we might as well shine the light on it and learn a little bit more about it. And I think for me, that's been a huge piece of the um, uh, the light coming on in recent months is that um, I'm doing this all the time just by being who I am. I'm actually doing this, so I might as well pay attention to it instead of trying to pretend that it's not something I do or or give it a, a bad a bad make it a bad word, make it a four letter word. Uh, it's it's just a normal part of everyday life to try to um, build relationship, to make offers, to uh, help things move smoothly along. It's I'm having this huge epiphany because of this reframe that I'm in the midst of when it comes to sales. Yeah, it it has that. Um and then the connotation to people that it's not a good thing. And really, if we're, if we're effective at influencing others, and uh, we, we can really be reducing a lot of conflict, a lot of the negative energy that, that comes out of um, seeing things from a different point of view, um, understanding where, where people are and where, where they're coming from uh, helps, us, helps us frame up what we want them to listen from our perspective or from our standpoint and what we want to share with them. So persuading other people, it goes on, it's going on all the time, uh, every day, whether it's in your personal life or your business life. And if it's in your business life, it may not be, it may not be part of sales, but you may be trying to get a, a, across a point inside the organization. You might be trying to influence your, your boss or your, your team, your direct reports, whoever it may be, to, do, to operate differently, see things differently. We're, we're all in a, in a position of, of persuading others or at least influencing their thinking. Well, we need to go to a break now, but when we come back, I want to delve more deeply into how we actually do that, um, how we do that in a more powerful way, in a way that feels in integrity with who we are and what we have to offer. So we'll be back in a moment. I'm Shamin Sadiq. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and our guest today is Carl Benscotter of the Full Circle Group. See you on the other side of the break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit marchofdimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S H A H M E E N at A N J A L I Leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. I'm Shamin Sadik, and I'm here joined with my guest, Carl Benscotter of the Full Circle Group. Before we dive back into the conversation, I wanted to tell you about a couple of things that are coming up. Um, if you live in Chicago or close to Chicago or feel like traveling to Chicago, you might think about making a trip there next week because I am going to be there on Tuesday, May 6th, offering a Power Circle. Um, Power Circle is a gathering of individuals in community um, uh, for a day who want to take a deeper look at what really matters to them, what they want to create, what's next in terms of um, their work or their life or or their community, and how to clear obstacles so that they can move forward with greater ease, elegance, and grace. So if you'd like to join me for that, uh, go to my website at anjaliLeadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Click on the events tab and you can read more about the Power Circle in Chicago. As well, I'll be teaching the Leadership Circle Profile Certification. So if you're an executive coach or an HR or OD professional or a learning and development person in your organization, um, you want to be certified in this powerful assessment framework, you can join me in Chicago May 7th to 9th, in the Washington, D.C. area June 11th to 13th, or in Denver October 1st to 3rd. So all of that uh, you can learn more about at theleadershipcircle.com. So Carl, back to us and, and a deeper conversation about all of this. Um, when I was uh, recently with you and, and some others in our professional community, three things came to the forefront um, for me, one of which I think I've already, we've already talked about, which is we're all selling a lot of the time anyway, even if it's not our job. Um, the second for me is that what it's really all about is relationship. 
And I thought we might talk a little bit more about that. Like, I mean, you talked about knowing what's important to the client. And inherent in that, I believe, is being in relationship with someone, actually listening and and hearing what they have to say and learning more about how they're going to make decisions and what's important to them. Could tell us a little bit more about how you do that. Well, I had uh, uh, long, long ago. I was um, I had my boss working with me, and I, I had been working with this client of ours, and I, I really only knew him from a, a business standpoint. Um, and it was a, it was a professional relationship. Uh, I would come in, we would get right down to business. I would. I would leave. Um, uh, he was uh, he was a pretty powerful guy, uh, and um, uh, I was pretty young at the time. So I was I don't want to say intimidated, but I was um, I was not necessarily always relaxed in the meetings and so forth. And mm-hmm. but we got we got done what we needed to get done. And my boss was with me one day, and but before we even sat down, uh, we walked into Alan's office and. And Richard, my boss, just started asking him a couple personal questions. And I saw a different view of Alan than I'd ever seen before. Um, And in probably the first 20, 30 minutes of the meeting was Alan talking about who he was and what he believed in his family, all these things I didn't even know. And I I just watched this unfold. And uh, one, I, I started to establish a closer relationship with Alan because I could relate to those things. And uh, it also made him become a bit less mysterious and so forth. And here Richard was just, Richard was a, a great guy, funny and, and very personable, but he was just genuinely asking Alan a, a, a few questions and, uh, about himself. And, and it just it changed everything in, in one short conversation. And after that, um, Alan and I established a much better relationship, although it was good to begin with. Again, it was right down to business. But, but in today's world, we do a lot more business on the phone, and I think it's natural that we, we kind of get down to business on the phone. But, but understanding the person that we're, we're doing business with is, is absolutely key and, and critical and what's going on with that, with that person. And, and some people want to share more of that than others, of course. But, but rather than just jumping into the business side of things, it's, it's important that we take a minute. I'm not always good at this. Sometimes, um, and so, in fact, sometimes I, I think I'm, I've uh, forgotten everything I learned. But there are um, times when we've just got to step back, slow down, and, um, and before, we, before we jump into business, just find out who's on the other end of the phone or who am I meeting with today and where are they? Um, who are they? What's going on in their, in their lives? And um, it, it's, uh, it can be very eye-opening. And it can also shed some light on to, to uh, how they may make decisions going forward. Mm-hmm. What, what they're like and, and what are some of those things that might influence their decision. But I, I don't go into it with that, with that intent, of course. I, I really just enjoy people so much I, I want to learn about them. And that, that establishes the relationship and it gets, it gets some of the back and forth going um, as, as we learn who they are, what's important to them, um, what's their, what their life is like, what they believe in, um, what's going on at work, what, what their environment is like. That's, uh, all those things are going to influence and in many respects, the decisions they make and some of the criteria they may be sorting through is, is they're working through a decision that, that may impact me and, and ultimately may impact their business. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of a time early in my career. I was in my early 20s and I worked um, 
uh, in a, uh, my role was to organize conferences and trade shows and seminars across Canada. And so I was very, very busy. I, I had a lot of, you know, sometimes I had four four conferences, four weeks of conference in one month. So just trying to keep everything straight and, and keep it all together. And my models for business at that time were the uh, get down to business. That was the model. Um, nobody really paid much attention in my experience and in, in, in my short experience. But even as I looked around me in talking to each other or at least not talking to the, those who we dealt with in the business context. Maybe within the office, we had relationships with each other. But um, I remember being on the phone and just not even asking anyone how they were or if they said, how are you? It was more like a, a thing that you just say. You know, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. And then we get down to business. And I, as as life continued and I continued to operate in that way, I felt this sense of... Um, joylessness that until now I didn't relate it to this uh, so much. I related it more to feeling like I wasn't on purpose and so on and so forth. But I think part of the joylessness was that there was no connection. And now if I fast forward to today, um, one of the things that is present in almost every conversation that I have, and I have a lot of conversations on the phone, is a, con- a little bit about the weather. And I, if, I, if you had asked me when I was 22, would I have thought that it was important to have a little chat about the weather I would have said are you kidding what a waste of time and now it's another one of those through lines or threads that I've identified the weather is something that connects us all like every single person on the globe has some some experience or something to say about the weather and just having that little bit of conversation about the weather um, I'm finding is it's not a throwaway. It's not a, a thing that you just do. It's actually a huge contributor to the cultivation of the kind of relationship uh, that we can have with another human being. Well, there's, it's, a, um, it's a pretty safe place to go, right? It's not a, it's not a uh, political topic, really. I suppose you could turn it into one in, in some respects. You, but but uh, you, can, you can start connecting with people. We've had a remarkable year around weather. And so there sometimes is a lot to talk about, and and of course last night in, in the United States was was tragic, but but um, it's a it's a safe conversation around something that you're not going to get in a lot of trouble with, but it mm-hmm. it breaks down some of those barriers of of how do we start connecting? You you find something um, that you can start the conversation with. Ultimately, the relationship is going to build trust. Um, they're going to understand who you are. You're going to understand who they are. If, if people are going to make a buying decision, um, much more likely to buy from somebody they trust. Um, unless they really need something, uh, they're, they're, they're going to select a, a, a provider that they have a, a strong sense of their integrity and, and, uh, and that they trust. And the, the relationship is foundational to that. You, you've got to get there, and it's... Um, as people make those decisions and so forth, they're, sometimes they're, uh, personally, they may be more risk-taking and, and ready to jump out and do something. Other people are going to be more conservative, and, and they're going to they're be leaning on this element of, can I trust this person? Are they going to stand with me through this? And uh, that relationship uh, and the foundation of that relationship is key. And I think that um, we can feel when somebody is um, genuine in their in their 
in their reach for connection, in their attempt to connect, we can feel when there's a genuine interest and we can feel when there isn't. And I think when there isn't is, um, is more what, you know, what we may have experienced that has us having this sort of bad taste in our mouth when it comes to this word or this activity of selling. Uh, and more and more, I'm starting to experience what it's like to be in, um, in a clear and genuine and authentic relationship with another person, which does foster more trust. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, that genuine interest, um, the, the curiosity that, that we have for people really needs to, to come through. People are smart. They're very intuitive. When it's not there, we, we see through it. Um, we know it's not. If, if we're into to buy a car, to use your example from earlier, we don't expect uh, that salesperson to get to know us deeply. We're not looking for necessarily a long-term relationship with that individual. In, in other sales, um, in the work that you do today and so forth, it, it is a long-term relationship, and it's a, very, uh, it's a very deep relationship. So if we're not taking the time in that to to slow down, understand, uh, take time to understand what's what's happening with that with that individual and and who they really are down deep, who they are versus being uh, you know on the um, surface. Um, we're we're missing a, I think an important opportunity and and we're also missing a, a key aspect of of sales because we we want to sell to people who trust us and and uh, or we want people to buy from us. They're much of course more much more likely to buy from us if if they trust us. All that, you know, again, comes from, you use the word genuine, and that's, that's key. If, if, we're, uh, if we're not genuine in it, people will pick it up, and, um, and that, that sincerity be lost, and, of course, that completely undermines the trust. Can you tell us a story? I don't know if you have a story like this, but I'm, I'm, I'm listening to everything that you're saying, and I'm really I'm taking it in deeply. And one of the things that I circled here on this piece of paper where I take notes as you're talking is listening. Um, something that, so as a coach, I'm, when I'm coaching someone, I'm very good at listening to them, but I found in the past that when I'm selling, <laughs> I'm not as good at listening because I've got so many great ideas about what I have to offer and how great it would be for them that I kind of, jump in enthusiastically into showing them the tools in my toolkit, which I'm learning isn't the, the, the best way to go forward, at least, uh, at least not at the beginning of this kind of uh, conversation. So can you tell us about a time, I'm just wondering, was there ever a time when you listened deeply to someone and then you realized that what you had to offer wasn't the right thing for them? And if so, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I, I have, in fact. And it wasn't so much that it wasn't the right, uh, the right thing for them, but I would say it wasn't the right um, uh, relationship in a way. It wasn't, uh. They were looking for something, um, a, a different type of, of service than, um, than we were providing. And I'll explain that here. So, so I go into it, and I've, I've got a... Um, uh, essentially, a list of questions. It's not. It's not a, um, a third degree. It's. It's really uh, designed to be a, a conversation and, and delve deeply into the, the client situation. And and um, I, so I, I went through this discovery, and it really looked like a um, a pretty good match in terms of what they needed. And, and in this case, it was a, at a time with with Full Circle Group, and we provide leadership services to, to companies, and it, it seemed like a, a very good match. 
uh, in terms of how we would uh, how we would provide the service to them. And, and uh, but but what I was discovering along the way, and something was kind of nagging at me about this along the way, was was um, the type of relationship that they were looking for uh, as, as we went forward. And, and we're blessed here to have so many clients where um, they're, they're looking for not just the leadership service we provide, they're really looking for our, our expertise, our opinions, um, really to help and guide them along. And with this one particular client, they felt like they had most of those answers. They were really looking more for um, just, just train our people. Mm, okay. um, and so it, it really wasn't the right type of business relationship. They were looking for, for more of what, what I would call a, a vendor, uh, where, where it's just, we'll tell you what to do, you deliver it, and go away. I see. And, and, uh, and, and if, you, if you started out the conversation you, and, and just went through the process, you would miss that because, again, mm-hmm. what they needed was indeed what we provided, but it was a different type of relationship. And, and in discovering that, if I had kept pushing and, and trying to sell that client in that respect, um, it would have resulted in what I call bad business. It's just it's two organizations that should not be doing business together. They're looking, one looks to provide a service in a certain type of way. Somebody's looking to buy that service, but in a, in a different type of relationship. And uh, in that case, it, was, it, would have, it would have resulted in um, probably kind of hard feelings on, on our end, frustration on their end. Um, we want to we want to be guiding them along and, and providing and providing insight as they go. They want somebody to, to fulfill and go away, and or be quiet. And uh, I'm not saying what they were looking for was wrong. It was just not a match for us. Like there's probably another um, provider who could give them that. And what you're what I'm hearing you say is what 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 you were standing for and what you know is the best relationship for you to have is one of um, uh, what you taught me was a trusted advisor as a, a partner as opposed to a vendor who just comes and you know does something and then leaves yeah and that's again that's not wrong there are right, if, right. if that's there are people that can provide that and yes and, um, so so it's key because the criteria that they were measuring and looking for in that case was was more of that I'll tell you what to deliver, you deliver it. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of the value that we bring isn't just in the, the leadership offerings that we have, but it's the, it's the thinking, it's the understanding where the, the client is today, what the culture of the organization is. Um, there's, there's so much involved in what we do, and, and we, we can't really separate that as we're yeah. delivering it, whereas other companies, if it's much more around training and just kind of quick and in, that's fine. Yes. It, it, but it would have resulted, we, we actually could have helped them quite a bit, but they would have been frustrated because we would have been trying to provide a different type of relationship than they were looking for. It takes, uh, I'm guessing it takes some courage to say no, knowing that you could provide it, but that it wasn't the right uh, relationship, uh, especially in times like, like for me, this first quarter, it's, it's hard to say no, even if the fit isn't good. So I'm just acknowledging that there, there's a certain amount of courage in, in being clear about who you are and what you have to offer and when you're going to offer it and when you're not. And I love that. It, it, it wasn't easy earlier in my career. Um, you know, I was because you, 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 you want to make the sale, of course, but the yes. sale's got to be right for the client too. And, yeah. and in my case, if if that's not there a hundred percent, then something's wrong. And um, and so it 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 seems hard from the standpoint of we we want the revenue, we want the sale, but but in reality, 
when you're thinking long-term and, and really looking at it, um, it, it's actually not that hard a decision. It, sometimes it comes with, in my case, probably business maturity. I've been doing this for so long, but um, but I think if people kind of listen to their listen to their gut um, and recognize is this is this the right thing for us? Of course, most importantly, is this the right thing for the client? And is it a good match? And if it's not, if it's not a good match, if those things aren't there, then we're really looking at short-term thinking. We might make the sale. It, it can lead to a ton of headaches down the road and True. a very frustrated client. And, and uh, we don't want, that's not uh, where we want to leave our clients. Well, Carl, we need to take another break. So uh, when we come back, I want to talk about what has to go on inside of us in order to do this work effectively. So we'll be right back. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and I'm Shamin Sadiq. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. This is Shamin Sadiq. A quick acknowledgement of my sponsors before we continue the conversation with Carl. Um, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden amazing mentors, colleagues, and friends, and they're actually my guests on the show next week, so so listen for that. Uh, thank you to both of them for their support and love and guidance as I've engaged in this process of having this radio show, and as well, the Full Circle Group, which Carl represents, um, a big sponsor and supporter of mine. I'm so, so grateful for the support and, um, and care. So we were talking about sales as service, and we haven't really talked about that part of it um, intention, like specifically. So I want to I want to bring the service aspect into this. I I think that um, 
I think I was making a list of three things that I was learning, and I've also been tracking what Carl's been teaching us through this conversation. The first thing was we're selling all the time. The second thing is uh, it's all about relationship. And then the third piece for me is it's also about the stories, the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, about other people, and about how the world works. So one of the things I was picking up um, in your story, Carl, when you were talking about being in the in the meeting uh, with that person who was very high-powered and seemed very busy, I, I sensed that part of what kept you uh, a little uncomfortable and rushing to get to the business right away is a belief perhaps that you were wasting his time, that you would you might be wasting his time. You didn't say that. It's just something that I was picking up on. Well, I, as important as he was, uh, I, I had the feeling I had to just maximize his time. I, yeah. I, and and getting, getting, to his, getting to know him personally was not a, uh, a good use of his time. Yes, and, exactly. And found that that, of course, was was very different. Uh, once Richard just opened it with a question, actually about his last name, and and off it went. And he had a need, he had a desire to to connect stronger himself. And and again, after that, we had a we had a, a much closer relationship. I was, uh, you know, from there, I starting to get to ask him more about what was going on with his family, and he was with me, and we we just. Uh, developed into a, a much uh, much better friend. So your first belief, the old belief, was that um, talking about him, talking with him about personal things, wouldn't be a way to maximize his time, and I need to do that. And what you learned, it sounds like, is that talking with him about personal things was actually a, a way to maximize your relationship, to deepen your relationship with him, and then be of even more service to him than perhaps you could have been had you not known those things about him, had you not had that connection. Right. And yeah. And for me, the the turnaround or the the new story that I realized, uh, I told you that you know I I'd collapsed that I shouldn't sell if I'm doing purposeful work. That those two things were somehow I was holding them as at odds with each other. What I learned uh, when we were together earlier this year is that if I have something to offer that can help you create the performance that you want to create and they don't offer it to you when I realize it could help you, I'm actually doing you a disservice. That's, that's exactly right. Imagine when, if you've got something and now you've, you've built a relationship with somebody, you've, you're, you're friends or even if it's still at a, a business level, there is a relationship there. And put yourself in the other person's shoes, and and here they they have something that they need. Um, uh, they they're looking for somebody to help them solve a problem, um, fill a gap, whatever it may be, and and they're the person on the other end of the phone line or across the desk has valuable uh, services to provide and, and support that and. And they don't, they don't communicate it. They don't articulate it. And uh, and I think that's that's one of the things that that I think people that don't are not traditionally in sales uh, forget. And and it's hard for them. They feel like they're they're pushing this on the client. And in reality, um, again, if we take the time to understand where the client is and what they need, uh, in reality, if we're not sharing that. Uh, information and, and, and not uh, communicating our value to our clients. We're providing them with a disservice, and uh, and we don't want to do that to people that we we care about and that we have good relationships with. 
it's it's been a mind blowing turnaround for me to see it that way because I honestly didn't. I, I I wonder if this is. I mean, maybe I'm just an anomaly. Maybe I'm just a unique person who had this weird way of thinking about it. But I, I have a sense because I know a lot of people who are small business owners um, that this may be true for others too. Like it just. It's just a, a huge, like a huge light went on when I saw that. Um, uh, why hold back if I have something that can help you? And especially once I've, I've understood how it can help you and that it can help you and you're asking for it, uh, why, would I, why would I not say, you know, why would I not say anything about it? Why would I not offer it? It just, it actually makes me laugh now when I think about it. Well, I think, and, it, happens, I think it happens to all of us, uh, uh, maybe a little less. For those of us uh, that are that are in sales, because we this is the way we think and we, we believe so much in, in what we're doing, we, we we feel compelled to articulate it. But but it's something I think the your listeners need to to just um, um, focus on, uh, not just file away. Just really focus on is what is the value I'm I'm delivering, and how do I how do I t- articulate that. I want to make sure I don't hold it back when, uh, because it is something of value to others. Uh, I don't want to be holding it back uh, because I want to provide that to them. You know, the other thing that um, Bill Adams, the CEO of Full Circle Group, mentioned when we were together in February is that when, when you're in a business conversation with someone, the the currency of the conversation is money. Like, there there's an expectation, like, we wouldn't really have even started talking to each other in the first place if it wasn't that we were going to do some business together. And so there's a, an implied, you know, uh, there's going to be a transaction if we decide that we're going to do business together and that's going to involve uh, a, a product or a service and some, some money or something in return. So it's just, it sort of makes me laugh that I missed that. I, I, I My belief, my story that I told myself kept kept me from seeing that um, and and incorporating that into how I was operating. And so it became, well, it just, it's comical. It just, it's comical to well, me. Well, Bill's wonder, wonderful at it. One of the reasons he's, he's so good at it is he, he does the things that we've, we've been talking about. He's, he's a very genuine person. He gets to know uh, people on a, on a, a very strong level, of course, very deep level. Uh, wonderful. They're looking to to um, serve them, and that's the way he goes into it. and uh, And that's his focus first. That the transaction will come later. And most people, they they of course do understand that there's a transaction. There's a uh, there's a transaction of value taking place. Therefore, there should be a transaction of currency taking place. Yes. Um, at some point. But when we try to get the currency transaction up front or worry about it uh, too much. Uh, before we really get into okay, what are how can we help and what can we provide uh, to to our client? Uh, when we start worrying too much about the transaction, I think we we start losing sight of that. Uh, not to say it shouldn't take place; it, it absolutely should, and we shouldn't be embarrassed about it or or that or uncomfortable with it. Um, uh, people on the other end of the desk, they're expecting, as you pointed out, they're expecting that transaction to to come about. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So I feel like what would be helpful as we get closer to the end of this show is to um, highlight some of the threads since we started talking about threads and things that we were noticing. Um, I, I want I to just, I'll, I'll just rhyme off some of the ones that I've seen here and then you chime in, Carl, with, with things that I, that I haven't said. Um, 
uh, important, uh, learning what's important to the client and doing that um, through relationship so that we can help them to be successful. So I've got important success. Um, listening as a, a key to this building of relationship, connecting, uh, asking questions, uh, connecting with people in a deeper way than just getting right down to business, um, trust and integrity, uh, authenticity or genuineness. What else? Um, good, good job there. There's um, a couple of things that just that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is. Uh, as we're working with people, I think just having a strong business acumen is important. Ah, yes. And uh, there's just some wonderful business books out there. Uh, And just understanding uh, the client's business, so taking time to understand their business in the context of business overall, so building overall business acumen and understanding their organization. Also, I think very important when it comes down to how people buy and what what they go through, what uh, what they uh, study and think about in their minds. There's all kinds of books out there about selling. That's that's great. Most of them are are very good. Selling's come a long way. It's not nearly as manipulative as it as it used to be. It's it's more about how can we um, how can we uh, discover and articulate that value. But but there's also very good books out there about how people make decisions, oh, and, okay. and um, I chose to start studying that as well as continuing to understand how I, could, how I could sell better, but really how can I help understand the buying decisions, the decision-making that's taking place within my clients. So I started studying decision-making, great books out there around decision-making. Um, Harvard Business Review had a whole issue, or, or not a whole issue, but a, a big uh, section dedicated to it last November. Um, good books out there. Um, uh, Harvard Business Press has one about decision making, a compilation of articles over the years. So, um, so those are important. And then finally, just around um, uh, as we get to know that individual, there are there, and it's again, this is kind of in line with some of the work that you and I do. Is what's the personal perspective that that person is is um, uh, taking into account as they're making a decision? Do they need to be in a, a safer environment at the time? Do they need a lower risk decision, or can they step out there and um, be a, maybe perhaps be more visionary or higher risk? And um, uh, and understanding where they are personally in that in that position is is important on how we might uh, uh, frame our solution as we bring it back to them and um, and recognize in some cases help them understand. Um, it may not be as big a risk as they think it is, um, mm. uh, but just really understanding their kind of personal perspective, what's going on with them personally that, um, that is coming into play around the decision. And, um, and again, we get to know that is, uh, and understand that as we, we understand who they are personally. You know, the last thing that, uh, last thread I want to pull out before we close our show is um, um, believing in what you're selling, believing, really, really, truly believing in what you're selling. And one thing I know about you, Carl, I know many things about you, but one thing that I know and love about you is you are an absolute believer in what you are selling uh, when you're doing the work that I and you do together, uh, and you are passionate about it. And I so appreciate you joining us today and bringing that passion to this conversation thank you so much well it's it's been um, it's been great it's been a pleasure it's been it's been fun 
Um, I, I do believe in it. I've, fortunately, I've always been in a position where I, I believe that. My, my advice to anybody out there is if you don't believe in what you're selling, really do something else. Um, yeah. Just like they say about your work, if you're, if you're not happy in your work, you, you should find something else to do because then it's not work. And, uh, and sales is very much the same. You, you, you really need to believe in it. Um, yeah. And uh, it's fun that way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shamin. Really, really a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. And to my listeners, um, hmm, I, well, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about selling? What are you passionate about doing? Um, let that simmer in the pot this week, and I'll check in with you over the week. If you want to send me an email, go ahead and do so. If not, I will talk to you next week when I have Dan Holden and Jim Anderson here on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Shamin Sadik. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadik will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. 